Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We do read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jdim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both a workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, uh, ideally from 9.15 to about 10.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading with Chapter 30, The New Beginning, in Section 6, The Only Purpose. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for our remembrance of the lesson for the day led by stalwart Fran and today's lesson is 3.20 my father gives all power to me okay uh, with this in reading today and I have Fran, Robin Marie, Lori, Yvonne, Jessica, Lana, Mike, and Micah. And with us in listening, I have Diana, Ida, Harrison, Micah, and Judy. Is there anyone else who's joined and would like to say, just say good morning or join the reading list or correct me? Humble with my slowness this morning. Uh, Lemoyne, did you say Roz was listening? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say Roz was listening. Correct. I do not Roz. No problem. All right. Okay, excellent. And, uh, Lori, do you have something you would like to offer? I do, Lemoyne and Raskin. This morning I turned to the gifts of God from Helen Shuckman for this poem, The Mirror of Forgiveness. I cannot fail in anything. I am supported by the angels led by God unto himself. The Christ establishes my own identity as his. The love of all God's universe belongs to me. What place has sorrow in my universe when it is but a mirror for what God created as forever filled with joy? Forgiveness is the mirror of his love. And it is this I would hold out to him to catch the dream of holiness he gives and then to find that it is not a dream, 
Amen. 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 Thank you, Laurie. Thank oh, you, Laurie. Thank you. Mm, thank you very much, Lord. Proud <laughs> me. All right, I will get us started here with uh, chapter 30, New Beginning. Section 6, The Only Purpose. From paragraph 57. The real world is the state of mind in which the only purpose of the world is seen to be forgiveness. Fear is not its goal, and the escape from sin becomes escape from guilt becomes the same. Excuse me. Fear is not its goal, and the escape from guilt becomes the same. The value of forgiveness is perceived and takes the place of idols which are sought no longer, for their quote-unquote gifts are not held dear. No rules are idly set, and no demands are made of anyone or anything to twist and fit into the dream of fear. Instead, there is a wish to understand all things created as they really are, and it is recognized that all things must be first forgiven and then understood. Section 6, The Only Purpose, paragraph 57. The real world is the state of mind in which the only purpose of the world is seen to be forgiveness. Fear is not its goal, and the escape from guilt becomes its aim. The value of forgiveness is perceived and takes the place of idols which are sought no longer for their quote-unquote gifts are not held dear. No rules are idly set and no demands are made of anyone or anything to twist and fit into the dream of fear. Instead, there is a wish to understand all things created as they really are. And it is recognized that all things must be first forgiven and then understood. 58. Here, it is thought that understanding is acquired by attack. There, it is clear that by attack is understanding lost. The folly of pursuing guilt as goal is fully recognized, and idols are not wanted there. For guilt is understood as the sole cause of pain in any form. No one is tempted by its vain appeal, for suffering and death have been perceived as things not wanted and not striven for. The possibility of freedom has been grasped and welcomed, and the means by which it can be gained can now be understood. The world becomes a place of hope because its only purpose 
is to be a place where hope of happiness can be fulfilled. And no one stands outside this hope because the world has been united in belief. The purpose of the world is one which all must share if hope be more than just a dream. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Fifty-eight. Here, it is thought that understanding is acquired by attack. There, it is clear that by attack is understanding lost. The folly of pursuing guilt as goal is fully recognized, and idols are not wanted there. For guilt is understood as the sole cause of pain in any form. No one is tempted by its vain appeal. For suffering and death have been perceived as things not wanted and not striven for. The possibility of freedom has been grasped and welcomed, and the means by which it can be gained can now be understood. The world becomes a place of hope because its only purpose is to be a place where hope of happiness can be fulfilled. And no one stands outside this hope because the world has been united in belief. The purpose of the world is one which all must share if hope be more than just a dream. 59. Not yet is heaven quite remembered, for the purpose of forgiveness still remains. Yet everyone is certain he will go beyond forgiveness, and he but remains until it is made perfect in himself. He has no wish for anything but this, and fear has dropped away because he is united in his purpose with himself. There is the hope of happiness in him, so sure and constant, he can barely stay and wait a little longer with his feet still touching earth. Yet is he glad to wait till every hand is joined and every heart made ready to arise and go with him. For thus is he made ready for the step in which is all forgiveness left behind. Thank you, Robin Murray and Lori. 59. Not yet is heaven quite remembered, for the purpose of forgiveness still remains. Yet everyone is certain he will go beyond forgiveness, and he but remains until it is made perfect in himself. He has no wish for anything but this, and fear is dropped away because he is united in his purpose with himself. There is a hope of happiness in him so sure and constant he can barely stay and wait a little longer with his feet still touching earth. Yet is he glad to wait till every hand is joined and every heart made ready to rise and go with him. For thus is he made ready for the step in which all forgiveness in which is all forgiveness left behind. Sixteen. The final step is God's because it is God who could create a perfect son and share his fatherhood with him. 
no one outside of heaven knows how this can be for understanding this is heaven itself even the real world has a purpose still beneath creation and eternity but fear is gone because its purpose is forgiveness not idolatry and so is heaven's son prepared to be himself and to remember that the Son of God knows everything his father understands and understands it perfectly with him thank you Lori and Yvonne thank you Lemoyne the final step is God's because it is but God who could create a perfect son and share his fatherhood with him no one outside of heaven knows how this can be for understanding this is heaven itself even the real world has a purpose still beneath creation and eternity but fear is gone because its purpose is forgiveness not idolatry and so is heaven's son prepared to be himself and to remember that the son of god knows everything his father understands and understands it perfectly with him the real world still falls short of this for this is god's own purpose this i'm going to read that again the real world still falls short of this for this is god's own purpose only his and yet completely shared and perfectly fulfilled the real world is a state in which the mind has learned how easily do idols go when they are still perceived but wanted not how willingly the mind can let them go when it has understood that idols are nothing and nowhere and are purposeless for only then can guilt and sin be seen without a purpose and as meaningless thank you I have forgive my little kitty here <laughs> yeah he, i have a new kitty he's very wants a lot of attention <laughs> and a lot of love <laughs> i'll pass thank you thank you ivan and jessica thanks lemoine 61 the real world still falls short of this. Did I read the sentence before? Let's see. Hmm. Yeah, I'll read the sentence before. And so is heaven's son prepared to be himself and to remember that the son of God knows everything his father understands and understands it perfectly with him. The real world still falls short of this, for this is God's own purpose only his and yet completely shared and perfectly fulfilled the real world is a state in which the mind has learned how easily do idols go when they are still perceived but wanted not how willingly the mind can let them go when it has understood that idols are nothing and nowhere and are purposeless for only then can guilt and sin be seen without a purpose and as meaningless thus 
is the world, uh, the real world's purpose gently brought into awareness to replace the goal of sin and guilt. And all that stood between your image of yourself and what you are, forgiveness washes joyfully away. Yet God need not create his son again, that what is his be given back to him. The gap between your brother and yourself was never there. And what the Son of God knew in creation, he must know again. Thank you, Jessica. And Lana. Okay, a 62. Thus is the real world's purpose gently brought into awareness to replace the goal of sin and guilt and all that stood between you, your image of yourself and what you are, forgiveness washes joyfully away. Yet God need not create his son again that what he is be given back to him. The gap between your brother and yourself was never there. And what the Son of God knew in creation, he must know again. 63. When brothers join in purpose in the world of fear, they stand already at the edge of the real world. Perhaps they still look back and think they see an idol that they want. Yet has their path been surely set away from idols toward reality. And when they joined their hands, it was Christ's hand they took, and they will look on him whose hand they hold. Let me read that again. For when they joined their hands, it was Christ's hand, hand they took, and they will look on him whose hand they hold. The face of Christ is looked upon before the Father is remembered. For he must be unremembered till his Son has reached beyond forgiveness to the love of God. Yet is the love of Christ accepted first, and then will come the knowledge they are one. How lovely. Thank you, Lana. And Micah. Okay, 63. When brothers join in purpose in the world of fear, they stand already at the edge of the real world. Perhaps they still look back and think they see an idol that they want. Yet has their path been surely set away from idols toward reality? For when they joined their hands, it was Christ's hand they took, and they will look on him whose hand they hold. The face of Christ is looked upon before the Father is remembered. For he must be unremembered till his Son has reached beyond forgiveness to the love of God. Yet is the love of Christ accepted first 
and then will come the knowledge they are one. 64. How light and easy is the step across the narrow boundaries of the world of fear when you have recognized whose hand you hold. Within your hand is everything you need to walk with perfect confidence away from fear forever and to go straight on and quickly reach the gate of heaven itself. For he whose hand you hold was waiting but for you to join him. Now that you have come, would he delay in showing you the way that he must walk with you? His blessing lies on you as surely as his father's love rests upon him. His gratitude to you is past your understanding. For you have enabled him to rise from chains and go with you together to his father's house. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 64 and 65? Good morning, it's Karen. I can do it. 64. How light and easy is this step across the narrow boundaries of the world of fear when you have recognized whose hand you hold. Within your hand is everything you need to walk with perfect confidence away from fear forever and to go straight on and quickly reach the gate of heaven itself. For he whose hand you hold was waiting but for you to join him. Now that you have come, would he delay in showing you the way that he must walk with you? His blessing lies on you as surely as his father's love rests upon him. His gratitude to you is past your understanding. For you have enabled him to rise from chains and go with you together to his father's house. 65. An ancient hate is passing from the world, and with it goes all hatred and all fear. Look back no longer, for what lies ahead is all you ever wanted in your hearts. Give up the world but not to sacrifice you never wanted. Excuse me. Give up the world, but not to sacrifice. You never wanted it. What happiness have you sought here that did not bring you pain? What moment of content was not bought, been bought at fearful price in coins of suffering? Joy has no cost. It is your sacred right, and what you pay for it, what you pay for is not happiness. Be speeded on your way by honesty, and let your experiences here deceive in retrospect. Let not your experiences here deceive in retrospect. They were not free from bitter cost and joyless consequence. 
Thank you, Karen. And is there another new reader for 65 through 67? This is Sandra. I can read. Great. Thanks, Sandra. 65. An ancient hate is passing from the world, and with it goes all hatred and all fear. Look back no longer for what lies ahead is all you ever wanted in your hearts. Give up the world, but not to sacrifice. You never wanted it. What happiness have you sought here that did not bring you pain? What moment of content has not been brought at fearful price in coins of suffering? Joy has no cost. It is your sacred right, and what you pay for is not happiness. Uh, Joy has no cost. It is your sacred right, and what you pay for is not happiness. Be speeded on your way by honesty, and let not your experiences here deceive in any retrospect. They were never free from bitter cost and joyless consequence. 66. Do not look back except in honesty, and when an idol tempts you, think of this. 67. There never was a time an idol brought you anything except the gift of guilt. Not one was bought except at cost of pain, nor was it ever paid by you alone. Thank you, Sandra. And... There is, is there, is there another new reader who would like to continue with 67 through the end? I'll pick it up. Okay, Judy. Thank you, Des Moines. Look, not, excuse me, let me start over not focused. Do not look back, except in honesty. And when an idol tempts you, think of this. There never was a time an idol brought you anything except the gift of guilt. Not one was bought except at cost of pain, nor was it ever paid by you alone. Be merciful unto your brother then, And do not choose an idol thoughtlessly, remembering that he will pay the cost as well as you, for he will be delayed when you look back, and you will not perceive whose loving hand you hold. Look forward then in confidence walk with a happy heart that beats in hope and does not pound in fear. The will of God forever lies in those whose hands are joined. Until they joined, they thought 
he was their enemy. But when they joined and shared a purpose, they were free to learn their will is one. And thus the will of God must reach to their awareness. Nor can they forget for long that it is but their own. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 68 and 69? I'll read it. Be merciful unto your brother then, and do not choose an idol thoughtlessly, remembering that he will pay the cost as well as you. For he will be delayed when you look back, and you will not perceive whose loving hand you hold. Look forward then and walk in confidence with happy hearts that beat in hope and do not pound in fear. The will of God forever lies in those whose hands are joined. Until they joined, they thought he was their enemy. But when they joined and shared a purpose, they were free to learn their will is one. And thus the will of God must reach to their awareness. Nor can they forget for long that it is but their own. Thank you, Harrison. And, uh, it's already been read twice. Is there any, anyone at all who would like to read uh, the last paragraph again? Good morning. This is Mindy. I would. Okay. Please go ahead, Mindy. Thank you. All right. I'm such a scroll to it. Thank you so much. The will of God forever lies in those whose hands are joined. Until they joined, they thought he was their enemy. But when they joined and shared a purpose, they were free to learn their will is one. And thus, the will of God must reach to their awareness. Nor can they forget for long that it is but their own. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. And, uh, again, um, I will uh, attempt a quick recap here of uh, today's reading in the New Beginning, which is the only purpose. 
first sentence. The real world is the state of mind in which the only purpose of the world is seen to be forgiveness. Fear is not its goal, and the escape from guilt becomes the same. The value of forgiveness is perceived and takes the place of idols which are sought no longer, for their so-called gifts are not held dear. No rules are idly set, and no demands are made of anyone or anything to twist and fit into the dream of fear. Instead, there is a wish to understand all things created as they really are, and it is recognized that all things must be first forgiven and then understood. In this way, the world, from 58, the world becomes a place of hope because its only purpose is to be a place where hope of happiness can be fulfilled. And no one stands outside this hope because the world has been united in belief. The purpose of the world is one which all must share if hope be more than just a dream. Not yet is heaven quite remembered for the purpose of forgiveness still remains. Also 59. Yet everyone is certain he will go beyond forgiveness and he but remains until it is made perfect in himself. He has no wish for anything but this and fear has dropped away because he is united in his purpose with himself. And thus is he made ready for the step in which is all forgiveness left behind. In 60, the final step is God, because it is but God who could create a perfect son and share his fatherhood with him. No one outside of heaven knows how this can be, for understanding this is heaven itself. Even the real world has a purpose still beneath creation and eternity. But fear is gone because its purpose is forgiveness, not idolatry. And so is heaven's son, prepared to be himself and to remember that the Son of God knows everything his Father understands and understands it perfectly with him. One, the real world still falls short of this, for this is God's own purpose, only his, and yet completely shared and perfectly fulfilled. The real world is a state in which the mind has learned how easily do idols go when they are still perceived but wanted not. How willingly the mind can let them go when it has understood that idols are nothing and nowhere and are perfect. For only then can guilt and 
sin be seen without a purpose and meaning. Thus is the real world's purpose gently brought into awareness to replace the goal of sin and guilt. And all that stood between your image of yourself and what you are, forgiveness washes joyfully away. Yet God need not create his son again that what is his be given back to him. The gap between your brother and yourself was never there. And what the Son of God knew in creation, he must know again. <coughs> when brothers join in this purpose in the world of fear, they stand already at the edge of the real world. And their path has been surely set away from idols toward reality. For when they joined hands, it was Christ's hand they took. They will look on him whose hand they hold. The face of Christ is looked upon before the Father is remembered. For he must be unremembered until his Son has reached beyond forgiveness to the love of God. Yet is the love of Christ accepted first, and then will come the knowledge they are All right, 64. How light and easy is the step across the narrow boundaries of the world of fear when you have recognized whose hand you hold. And from 65, an ancient hate is passing from the world. And with it goes all hatred and all fear. Look back no longer, for what lies ahead is all you ever wanted in your heart. Give up the world, but not to sacrifice. You never wanted it. What happiness have you sought here that did not bring you pain? What moment of content has not been bought at fearful price in coins of suffering? Joy has no cost. It is your sacred right, and what you pay for is not happy. Be speeded on your way by honesty, and let not your experiences here deceive in retrospect. Do not look back except in honesty. There never was a time when an idol brought you anything except the so-called gifts of guilt. Not one was bought except the cost of pain, nor was it ever paid by you alone. Be merciful unto your brother then, and do not choose an idol thoughtlessly, remembering that he will pay the cost as well as you. For he will be delayed when you look back, and you will not perceive whose loving hand you hold. Look forward then and walk in confidence with happy hearts, with beat in hope, and do not bound in fear. The will of God lies in those whose hands are joined. Until they joined, they thought he was their enemy. 
But when they joined and shared a purpose, they were free to learn their will is one. And thus the will of God must reach to their awareness. Nor can they forget for long that is but their own. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks, Lemoyne. Well, thank you all, and thank you both. So you, Fran, I turn to you for our top of the hour for remembrance today's lesson. Sure. Yep. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we are on the last day of what is the last judgment. And the lesson for today is Lesson 320. My Father gives all power unto me. So I shall read some from What is the Last Judgment? Christ's second coming gives the Son of God the gift to hear the voice for God proclaim that what is false is false, and what is true has never changed. The final judgment on the world contains no condemnation, for it sees the world as totally forgiven, without sin, and purposeless. You who believe that God's last judgment would condemn the world to hell along with you, accept this holy truth. God's judgment is the gift of the correction he bestowed on all your errors, freeing you from them and all effects they ever seem to have. God's final judgment is as merciful as every step in his appointed plan to bless his son and call him to return to the eternal peace he shares with him. Be not afraid of love, for it alone can heal all sorrow, wipe away all tears, and gently waken from his dream of pain the Son, whom God acknowledges as His. Be not afraid of this. Salvation asks you give it welcome. This is God's final judgment. Quote, You are still my holy Son, forever innocent and forever loving and forever loved, as limitless as your Creator and completely changeless and forever pure. Therefore, awaken and return to me. I am your father, and you are my son. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 320. My father gives all power unto me. The son of God is limitless. There are no limits on his strength, his peace, his joy, or any attributes his father gave in his correction creation. What he wills with his creator and redeemer must be done. His holy will can never be denied because his father shines upon his mind and lays before it all the strength and love in earth and heaven. I am he to whom all this is given. I am he in whom the power of my father's will abides. Your will can do all things in me and then extend to all the world as well through me. 
There is no limit on your will. And so all power has been given to your son. And we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 320. My father gives all power unto me. Your will can do all things in me and then extend to all the world as well through me. There is no limit on your will. And so all power has been given to your son. Lesson 320. My father gives all power unto me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thanks, friend. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh -wee. laughs> Thank you, friend. This is my turn. Um, I still, I kind of had a similar reaction to as yesterday in paragraph sixty-five. Uh, let's see, uh, what happiness have you sought here that did not bring you pain? What moment of con, what what moment of Content has not been brought at fearful price in coins of suffering. Uh, and, um, and and I and it, it was a little confusing because you know I'm 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 going to these amazing moments that we have here. You know where he's talking about the real world. You know it's 
those like the quote that I read yesterday, nothing around you but is part of you. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it. So will you come to understand all that is given you. In kind forgiveness will the world sparkle and shine. And then the other one, uh, there is no place for hell within a world whose loveliness can yet be so intense and so inclusive. It is a step but there to heaven. But it kind of creates this kind of jumble inside of me of, uh, but wait, I've seen, I've seen this world uh, where God is in everything. And and, uh, uh, and, th- and then I, so it just kind of creates a scrambled egg kind of feeling a little bit. And then I have to settle it out. Um, you know, knowing that You know, that he's speaking to a certain part of my being. And uh, anyway, it's, uh, I, I think I'm done. Thanks. Thank you, well, Micah. Thank you for bringing that up, Micah, because I was having the same uh, feelings. And then I, I realized that this teaching is helping us to detach when we need to and not to become a part of that so that it becomes an idol that there's a way of enjoying our body without um putting any uh, un- without undue emphasis on it so that it is just part of the gifts that God gives us and we can easily let it go. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you both. Yeah, Good this morning, Karen. Go ahead, Karen. I'll go after you. Thank you. Um, my Father gives all power unto me. Um, this morning when we did this at the lesson call, uh, I was, I mean, I certainly understood that God's power can extend through me, but I felt in that moment in my ego <laughs> illusion that, that the um, consequence of all my karma, if you want to use that word, um, was blocking that extension and that I had to be purified for that extension to flow through me. And then someone shared that the power is in my choice. The power is in my choice. I can choose to um, align to the Holy Spirit and be an extension of God, or I could align to the ego. It's my choice. So that's where my, my power was. I have a choice. I have the power to make the choice for peace, for light, and for love, to welcome truth. I have the power to forgive the world I made up and let go of um, the wrong voices in my head. And instead of feeling like you know the grace of God has to purify me for that to happen, because I'm, I come from such a background of you know the guru removes your ego and you know it takes a million years for them to clear you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
So anyway, in the reading, it says in paragraph 61, the real world is a state in which the mind has learned how easily do idols go when they are still perceived but not wanted, how willingly the mind can let them go when it is understood that idols are nothing and nowhere and are purposeless. For only then can guilt and sin be seen without a purpose and meaningless. And that was just the exact, that's just the exact experience. And I know um, we're on, what, 320 days? (laughs) And I'm still struggling with not believing in my ego reality and my ego identification. Yeah, I know. I'd like to be past it, but I'm so grateful that the Course just keeps repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And I know um, it's true that God's will can extend through me, that that will be the last judgment on all my ego beliefs and that my ego strongholds will not be, uh, prevail in my mind because the power of God, the source that can release the bondage of the ego, self-identification, and heal my mind is within me, and it's true. That's the real world. <laughs> I still haven't convinced myself all the time, but I believe it. Thank you for letting me share all that. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. No, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Good morning. It's Lana. I had to leave the call for a little while. I had to take another call, so... I missed some of the shares, but I did want to share about our reading today because um, for me, it it contained two beautiful gifts or reminders. Um, One uh, was about purpose and how easy it is um, with a change of purpose for everything to be anything uh, about wrong-mindedness shifts into a holy purpose. You know, the plan of atonement is such a masterful plan. Plan It allows, you know, what we created as a world of fear to be um, a world of love, an extension of love. And, and um, so whenever I find myself entertaining fearful thoughts, all I have to do is ask for the truth and um, give whatever is happening or whatever is rising up in my awareness over to love and step back and and allow the holy purpose to be brought to my awareness. And so I think that's just a, a simple, beautiful truth to remember Um Uh, my purpose, you know, what is it for? What have I assigned to it? Um, And the other thing is the idea of um, understanding, you know, it's, it's that profound statement of first forgiveness, then understanding. And this has been so instrumental in helping me and not delaying 
healing because as long as I think that forgiveness is something I must do, I must accomplish within me in order to ask for forgiveness, um, you know, I, I miss out on on the healing. You know, I delay it. Um, and so it's like how can an ego mentality understand anything in its confused state. I can't understand anything. So it's just a waste of time trying to do that. Um, The only thing that God asks of me is to make the choice to to have forgiveness heal me, to express and demonstrate that willingness. And in the act of asking for forgiveness, that alone expresses my willingness to see whatever is going on differently. And, and then with the forgiveness will come the clarity and the certainty and the understanding and the peace. Um, so I, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to figure anything out. I don't have to even ask oh, or have the thought, oh, I've forgotten what forgiveness is. I've forgotten how to access forgiveness. Um, Jesus is reminding me that all I have to do is express the willingness to be give, to be forgiven, and God steps in and does the rest. <laughs> you know, I can't as an e- stuck and aligned when my mind's aligned with ego. I need forgiveness, and. Um, and from that point of mind, from that state of mind, there's only confusion and fear and pain. I can't understand anything if I'm uh, if I'm aligned with the ego thought system. So it's like that stop, you know, that pause, that sacred pause. Take a sacred pause and just express my willingness to have it done unto me, and it is done. So anyhow. Um, those two things kind of shined out to me um, today as I was reading uh, the the um, section today. So anyhow, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. So thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lana and Sandra. Do you, do you have something? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Lana. Um, <clears throat> so I I was also focusing in on um, paragraph 65 because it's focusing in on, um, uh, for me, it was about not sacrificing. Now, if I'm aligned with spirit, meaning I'm not identified in any way, shape, or form with this body, um, there, there is no, there's no such thing as sacrifice. It's, the sacrifice for me is about my relationship with my body. The, the uh, lesson is about my relationship with spirit, with my creator. My father gives all power unto me. So in that relationship with my creator, with my source, with God, with the Christ mind, with my Holy Spirit, 
um, I have that gives me confidence, and it speaks of confidence too. Which for me, confidence and power are very similar. Because when I have that confidence, I can use this experience that I'm having as a body as an extension of that relationship that I have with my creator, with my source. And the crowning um, um, symbol of that relationship is God's love for me, God's acceptance of me, God's not judging me, God's saying that I'm perfect in every way, and that I need to accept that about myself as well to know that I'm perfect, that I'm capable, that I can extend the love of God here on this planet using this form called my body. However, it's not asking me to sacrifice because it's only the body that sacrifices. The spirit that I'm aligned with, that I'm identified with, which is that relationship that I have with my creator, isn't concerned for the body at all, not at all. And it will it will it it will actually sacrifice the body if necessary, because it's not concerned for it. Um, however, for me to use this body effectively, which is right use of the body, is to extend the love of God. But it's saying not to sacrifice. So that for me is about people pleasing. Don't people please. <laughs> be genuine and be honest with how I feel and with what I think. Be confident in myself. Have faith in myself. And, and remove myself from situations that don't feel supportive to this experience called the body. <laughs> um, so... And, the, and, I, and it's telling me that, that I don't need to sacrifice, which says I can remove myself from situations that don't feel supportive to this body temple, um, to this body temple, period. So what I got out of this reading is walk in confidence, which is my relationship with God. Don't sacrifice, which is my relationship with the body. And be generous and be genuine and honest and don't people please. And trust, trust myself and my relationship with my creator. So just trust and have faith that all is working together for my highest and best and for your highest and best. And I can't tell you, you know, having that confidence is a little bit scary because it requires that I have sort of scary honesty, that I'm willing to say how I feel and what I think without concern um, for any results. You know, it's, it's, not, it's just being genuine. It's being transparent and trusting the process. I'm complete. <coughs> Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra, and thank you also, Lana. It's Mindy. Good morning. Um, Lana, as you were speaking, you know, you said, again, Lori says we don't know anything, 
and that it's not my job to forgive. How can I when I'm, you know, I still have the body consciousness? Um, I think if I were in an elevated state and had a, a vision or experience of oneness, of course, immediately I, from my viewpoint, could forgive. But that, of course, is the Holy Spirit, being in touch with the whole spirit. And when you said, I really don't know what's going on, it's like I realized that I'm still trying to do the forgiveness work and I'm trying to figure out why somebody did something so that I don't take it personally so I can forgive them. <laughs> it's like, okay. And what a morass of tangled webs and ego operations, you know, I can get to. But if I realize that I'm not the forgiver, but I'm the willing participant, and if I'm willing to be in this space of I don't know, you know, I think sometimes um, I try to figure out what people are doing, and, and I say I'm trying to forgive them, but really, in the process that I'm doing it, I'm still just staying stuck in the whole thing that happened. And it's kind of like the ego's way of me not stepping out into newness. Because um, when we forgive, we are made new. And I know I will experience the world completely differently, and I know I do when I am in a place of forgiveness. So um, I'm realizing I need to give that up. Let me see, I lost my train of thought here. Um, if I realize I don't know, I don't even know what it is I actually need to forgive. <laughs> I just know that I felt slighted or attacked. And if I can let that forgiveness process be done through me, and when I start to analyze say I don't know and it doesn't matter because I am safe, the, the past is gone, all the things I desire in the future are available for me if I'm willing to live in the now. And I can let the Holy Spirit do the work through me. And as Sandra said, I can be free and clear and in a place of innocence. I can be in touch with what my needs are. And I can simply ask for them. I can be very honest. I can remove myself from other people where um, I think I'm going to, quote, unquote, get what I want if I can just get them to be a certain way. And if I realize that it does come from God, and if I just say, I don't know, and at each moment be honest about what I need and ask for what I need. So there are many, many people who I keep thinking I have to go through something like this happened, and then I thought this, and then you did that, and then I thought that, and now you understand why I said what I said. Now maybe you can forgive me, and now I can forgive you because now I understand where you're Oh, that's so hard to do. I have friends that I need to call and say, "Hun, we had a horrible misunderstanding. It was clear to me that you didn't understand what I said, and then I got mad at you for what you said, and then we parted ways. Can we talk? I really have a need to, 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 to connect with you again and, and see if we can be friends. And I put it off for years because I think I have to be the one to unravel the craziness that happened in order for her to forgive me. And I can just take a risk, you know, she may still be mad at me because I haven't explained myself yet. But I can just call and with my heart open and being in the present moment and sharing my love for her, which is me, my unity with her. That's me holding her hand, recognizing that she loves me and I love her and recognizing the beauty and the Christ in her that we used to share that made a beautiful relationship. And that's all I have to do is have that in mind and ask Holy Spirit to help me forgive myself. 
and just be honest about my needs and come from a place of I don't know what's going to happen. I really still don't understand what happened, but I do know I want this rift complete. So that's my process this morning. Thank you, Lana and Sandra, for sharing and everyone for sharing. Um, It really does take courage to let go of what the ego says because it talks constantly and it's familiar. And it takes courage to be in the present moment and see where my heart is and risk a rejection, risk an attack, but just share where I'm at in the space that I don't know, but I do trust that Holy Spirit will take care of anything that happens in this, in this interaction, even if it's more hurt, you know, even if it's more misunderstanding. At least a healing has been attempted and the willingness was there and so healing will happen in whatever form it's meant to be. I don't even know. I don't even know what a forgiven relationship is supposed to look like. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm scared of it. Healing will happen in whatever way and whatever form it's meant to. And I think if I can let go of the outcome and trying to control it and say I don't know what the outcome is and to say I know what the Holy Spirit tells, whatever the outcome is, I can be at peace with it. And then I can move forward and have the peace that I know that I reached out to my brother to remove an idol of separateness and resentment and allow the opportunity for it to be replaced with oneness and love. And that, that affects the entire world. When I am willing to make amends with one person, that action brings that energy into my world and therefore since we're connected, Anyone who's ready receives it. So all I have to do is do my part. I don't have to worry about anybody else fixing them. (laughs) Because like Sandra said, if they're not meant to be in my life, if it doesn't work in this experience of being in the body, they will gently leave. And there won't be resentment. There won't be idol worshiping and then the resentment of the idol falling. And there will simply be, Oh, we had an opportunity to learn, and we did. Thank you. I love you. We'll <laughs> see you again one day. Oh, boy. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Mindy. Oh, that was lovely. Thank you. Mindy. Much in there to love. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks, Mindy. Oh, we set me free. <laughs> oh, we set me free. Yes. Good morning, everybody. I got, I got um, the simple thought this morning in my med- meditation, and it was, you know, there are three ways I can look at myself. Um, I can look at myself as something, an illusion or an, uh, an idol of myself, an image, ideas, clusters of thoughts, of concepts about myself, self-concept being the totality of that cluster of thoughts thinking I'm a brain in a body, a mind in a body, and looking at other something else's, which is, you know, form and the deception of perception, deception of, of appearances and thinking they are real, that the dream is real, that what I see with my body's eyes is real. That's one way of looking at it, which I've learned is maybe a, a mistake in my self-appraisal, ho-hum, okay, how do I let go of that? By letting go of my thoughts, seeing my thoughts, my body, mind, 
my thoughts are my mind, that my thoughts are meaningless in and of themselves. They're all fragments of the totality of oneness, judgmental, inherently judgmental by their selectivity and, and concreteness. And, you know, letting go, letting go, letting go, allowing, allowing and loving and letting that be and discerning and seeing what is not me. This is not me. It's temporaneous. It's external to my ground zero, which is peace and happiness and joy. The joy that I, 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 I get when I let go of everything, when I lay my body down at the end of the night, at the end of the evening to go to sleep, and I, and I, I go into this bodyless state where I dream, and I, a dreamless state where I just am. I am. I am stateless. I am thoughtless. The mind ceased and desist. And it's quiet and peaceful. And I rest. I rest in peace. I'm alive, but I'm still resting in peace. I wake up in the morning. Hey, all let's put back on this body-mind. <laughs> Hoo-wee! Set me free. I don't even want to get started. Let me not start with it. You know, I mean, at least if I get started with it, let me know that that's what I'm veiling the peaceful, joyful blitz that I, I naturally am, that are my natural factory settings, the way God created me to be. Formless spirit, mindless. I mean, in the totality of its presence, the totality of aware presence of that which I am, there's nothing to choose from, nothing to decide between, no difference or distinction. It's all just coming up, coming and going, coming and going, passing through, coming and going. And, you know, that I can be at peace with all of it, that it's all okay, because I'm okay with it. I see it as a witness. I, I come to witnessing it as an appearance. Everything is an idea appearing in the mind of God. I'm witnessing to it. I'm not judging it. This is Christ's vision for me. This is me taking the hand of the Christ consciousness in me and letting go of everything else I think I know and letting, uh, allowing it to arise in what I now know is the presence of God's consciousness. So I'm sitting back and I'm looking at it and I'm watching it go. And I sit back and I watch it and I, I'm learning to in letting go of my judgments, learning to love it all. Love it all. I love that. I love that. I no longer need to forgive that because I see it as coming and going. This too is going to pass. So I see it all through the eyes of love, through the eyes of Christ. And I'm learning to see that not only is it arising and, and within the mind of God, it's all arising as the mind of God. That it's simultaneous and intimate with itself. It's seeing everything as itself, within itself, within the totality of its embrace. It's one with itself. There's nothing that's separate or distinct. So, ergo, I'm taking from this reading today that you know, in the lesson, all power and glory is mine. The power of the, the power of the one, 
mind of God is is given to me in the in the idea of creating stuff. That if I want to see it, it will appear. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. And in the in the text, that my hand, my mind, you know the metaphorical line line that we put our hand in in another's hand, and it it's the metaphor of us being bodies. We are not our bodies. But I, I, I have to understand that I'm putting my mind in oneness with everyone else's mind. I'm putting my hand, I'm holding my hand. It's closer, it's more intimate than holding hands. Much more intimate. This is how we know each other so well. Being, in it, being one in each other's presence. The one, and there is no other. In each other is a concession to the belief in a body-mind. There is no other. And that's where, where oneness is recognized and reconciled in our minds, that the Christ and the Father, that I and my Father are one. Oh, I'm lit up large, huge with the magnitude and gratitude. <laughs> the grandeur of my my of my source, knowing my source today. Amen. Thank you, folks. I'm glad you're here. I love you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Love you, too. Thank you, Judy. Well, this is Lemoyne. I, I'm <clears throat> I'm called to go back, not to go back, uh, but you know, except maybe in honesty, I think it's the line here from '66. So, in '65, um, there are those questions which seem to seem to challenge even any pure experience of uh, the vision of Christ the recognition of oneness the, the shared reality but um, I think you know the, in the in the question the, the first one what happiness have you sought here in the world is, is about the world what happiness have you sought here that did not bring you pain? And, like, for example, your answers or your experiences you shared, Micah, they weren't, I don't see that you sought them in the world. They just arose through the common view of the world. And, it, you know, so the happiness that comes without pain comes from within and and these are the moments of content <laughs> that have not been bought at fearful price and so the next sentence joy has no cost it is your sacred right and what you pay for is not happy so um i i understand the the uh the the 
the the check that's called for. I, I think that check may be called for so we actually recognize what just arises from within ourselves in a shared world, you know, in a shared reality. That there there appears to be a paradox <coughs> going on requiring our you know, that we get we have all power and that the our function is forgiveness, but somehow doesn't that mean there's something wrong? Right? It seems like there's something wrong here, and I think the only, as as Judy might say, the only, only you know, the errors are in perception, and that, um, I like the way Paul Selig like guide just turn over and over again to this one point. Your only real problem is the denial of divinity. It's the only issue some like block we have. And this is, for me, this is what the world seems, you know, the whole concept of a world. I have a very, there is one specific event that if I look at what my concept of the world is based on, the fear of guilt and shame, that it's um, it arose in a single moment, and uh, the three sentences before those two questions, I I see them as like they get forgotten in the in the self doubt that might arise in response to the two questions. But those three sentences are the are kind of the point, you know, give up the world, the world we see, but not to sacrifice. You don't have to sacrifice anything to get rid of this world that's based on all the sacrifice to avoid whatever it is we fear. Guilt, shame, whatever it is that fears the body. And the thing to remember is never wanted it. Uh, he says elsewhere, I'm not sure where. But um, within the reading today, that, you know, when we realize we don't want it, the idol can be seen, you know, seen through and what's there recognized for what it is. Um, but that the idol holds power because we think we need it and we want it. But... I think the thing to get, for me anyway, to get through is is that I don't want, you know, the thing to, to not get through, but the way through is to recognize I don't want the constant seeming, seeming requirement for judgment of what will be sacrificed so that something else. That's not reality in a world that's created as one and stays within the miracle of creation. As it, as it is, was, and never shall be. Anyway, okay. thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, Lemoyne. Beautiful. That was excellent.
Thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. You know what? I think the, the idea of the, you know, God's final step in restoring us to the awareness of our perfection comes from totally waking up from the dream that there's no appearance, no form, no perception that cannot be healed by forgiveness simply by overlooking overlooking my belief that it is real. And it says it in the second or the last judgment that only the truth is true and nothing that is not true even exists. What is real cannot be threatened. What is unreal does not exist. What is true is true and what is false is false. And you can't mix reality with the illusion of appearances and form. It's very clear in this. And I think that's where total forgiveness meets the understanding of perfect innocence. That, you know, sin was impossible and the distortions and interpretations of perception that, that, that uh, um, blew us out of heaven and our perfection in heaven. Um, is what, you know, restores us to heaven, to that understanding of that. So, ergo, there I go again. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Judy. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. I've heard some beautiful things here today. Um, In my meditations this morning, I was led um, through several different ideas, but uh, the one that strikes me this morning uh, the most is I think in the section called The Mechanism of Miracles. And in that section he says, there is no fear in perfect love. We will be but making perfect to you what is already perfect in you. You do not fear the unknown, but the known. Isn't that an incredible statement? You do not fear the unknown, but the known. (laughs) Everything my ego ever taught me, the ego, there's really only one. Um, Everything it ever taught me was based on fear and self-protection and self-defense. And um, that is a world, that is a world so contravalent to truth that it's no wonder I didn't know what my purpose was. Purpose is such an incredibly important word. Um, 
I'm reminded of the time Yvonne said, my only purpose is to align my thoughts with my father. And that's a really great way to say it too. And the reason I start with don't fear the unknown but the known is precisely because everything I thought I knew was wrong. And so when I ask for correction, honestly, I'm asking for correction of my own ideas of judgment. In, in the Manual for Teachers, he says, judgment is a tool that maintains the world of illusions. That's what I taught myself. And I was a bad teacher. I taught myself wrongly. <laughs> I assigned meaning to the universe. I assigned meaning to myself. I assigned meaning to God. I assigned meaning to behavior. I assigned meaning to you. All of that is wrong. All of that is the use of judgment to maintain the world of illusions. I'm really fond of the way um, you use the word forgiveness, Lana. You, you remind that forgiveness isn't something I do. It's something done for me. And forgiveness becomes the most important tool in the ego's toolbox because everything the ego judged is wrong. And so forgiveness is nothing more than turning that screw the other way. <laughs> you know, lefty Lucy. Um, that's what forgiveness does. It removes that anchor that I declared about something as truth. It takes that anchor out because the error was my own. It was my judgment. Therefore, the only purpose of the world is forgiveness. Then there's another idea I can set next to that, and that is the idea that nothing in boundless love could need forgiveness. But forgiveness is the means that I learn that nothing needs forgiveness. In other words, when I understand, I'm going to say that differently, when I release my judgment of you, I begin to understand what both you and I are. We share a common identity. We contain each other. We belong to each other. We are God's gifts to each other. Forgiveness is the means that God gives me to restore my mind to truth because it's the retraction of the judgment that I laid upon the Son of God. I laid it first upon myself, and then I laid it everywhere. The atonement is the correction of my errors. He says in the last judgment, right out of the gate, Christ's second coming gives the Son of God the gift to hear the voice of God proclaim that what is false is false, and what is true has never changed. And this the judgment is in which perception ends. 
I no longer need to rely on my past interpretations. I no need to look back to my past experience. I don't need to listen to anything the ego taught me in the past. That's why this new purpose of forgiveness teaches me that I was never afraid of the unknown. I was only afraid of the known. My wrong teaching taught me fear. My, the correction of my errors teaches me love. Not because love is a new thing, but because love was always there. Love is the thing, the, the, the one idea that is true in heaven and can be true on earth. It's the one true thing that makes earth heaven. And my forgiveness is, is the vehicle. Use of forgiveness, allowing forgiveness to be the truth, retraction of judgment, is the vehicle that takes us both to heaven. You know, there was a startling thing I read in, in this work one time. I know you've read it. If your brother speaks not of Christ to you, you spoke not of Christ to him. We share a common reality. We share a common identity. And when forgiveness lights my mind, it lights all minds that are one with me. Because that was always the truth. And so when he says, don't look to your past, don't look to anything you've taught yourself, look only forward, um, that vision forward is heaven I'm really really in love with paragraph 60 this morning he, he holds out the promise of knowledge that I will understand perfect union within myself and perfect union of the father and the son and the oneness of that loving relationship that exists between the father and son as the oneness of the perfect love that exists between my mind and all creation. I will know that to be the truth and nothing will ever color my judgment again. That promise of knowledge. I want and can have the state of mind. I want and can have the state of mind where knowledge will be given to me. And to do that, I need miracles. I need the correction of my mind's errors that come with forgiveness and a miracle as a way of giving acceptance and receiving it at the same time. That's the only way I can know that we're united in oneself. Every time I allow forgiveness to be the truth, a miracle lights my perception and reality is restored to me. He says in chapter 16 that reality is safe and sure and holy kind to everyone and everything. There is no greater love than to accept this and be glad. And it turns out that When forgiveness lights my mind with miracles, 
it's for me to discover that I am real and that the reality in my mind is the reality in every mind and only God is going on here that's the only thing going on here and that's what makes this world heaven <laughs> in fact that's what proves the lie of this world and the reality of heaven all of this is given just for the willingness to let the truth be true and to give up my errors and to me that's what he means by honesty if I am honest with myself I don't know anything by myself if I'm honest with myself the knowledge that my father assures me will be mine will be mine judgment is the tool that maintains the world of illusion and how is judgment relinquished oh I do so love this paragraph wisdom is not judgment <laughs> it is the relinquishment of judgment make then one more judgment it is this there is capital someone with you whose judgment is perfect that's the power given me by my father there's someone with you whose judgment is perfect he does know all the facts past present and to come he knows the effects of his judgment on everyone and everything involved in any way he is wholly fair to everyone and there is no distortion in his perception therefore lay judgment down not with regret but a sigh of gratitude now are you free of a burden so great you would merely stagger and fall down beneath it and it was all illusion nothing more now we can walk lightly on now we make no mistakes now the guide is sure and where he came to judge he comes to bless <laughs> where now he laughs he used to come to weep it is not difficult to relinquish judgment but it is difficult to try and keep it all the ugliness in the world is its outcome all the pain all the loneliness all the sense of loss and passing time and growing hopelessness sickening despair and fear of death all these have come of it and now he knows these things need not be not one is true for he has given up their cause which was my mind and they which never were but the effects of his mistaken choice have fallen from him fallen 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 from him <laughs> I didn't want them teacher of God this step will bring you peace amen I'm thank you Lori. thank you Thank you. Thank you very much, Lord. And do you have a, Thank you. a closing, closing you'd like to offer? Um, I think that's pretty much it. 
I think that was pretty much it. Okay, well, let me ask, uh, for the sake of the recording, if nothing else, where is this, this passage you read? Uh, um, uh, that was from the Manual for Teachers, question 10. How is judgment relinquished? With a sigh of gratitude. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Thank to everyone who's been here, listening, talking, reading, however, and all who may listen in the future. Uh. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lemoyne.